get this going. Uh, Ricky, why don't you go ahead and uh, take it away? I'll take it away then here, boss. Hey, and thanks for joining us and welcome to the show. We're a couple disabled guys passionate about all things accessibility. I'm Ricky, your local quadriplegic, and with me as always is Bill. Hey, what's going on? The man with weak muscles but a strong heart. And last but not least, we have John. He may not be able Hello to see, there. but he's always a for sore eyes. And I just skipped over him saying hi. <laughs> and we have two guests today. We have Brian Ryan and Mc Dr. McDoctorson, digital doctor. <laughs> what was your name again? Um, Amiad. Nice to be on, everybody. Amiad. What, digital what, doc what is, is fine. What's the origins of your name? Amiad is Hebrew. It means my people forever, but I do not respond to that as well. So oh, you're part of the tribe Jewish? too? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm half. Awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's a confusing name. At, at, at Starbucks, I'm just like Jake, something simple. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get my drink no, otherwise. No one's, gonna, no one's gonna try bother spelling that name. You're like, your name's what? Okay, I'm putting you down as A. Here you go. There you go. Okay. But you know what? <laughs> I, I give them the name Jake, and then this happens all the time. They go, oh, Jake from State Farm. And then I just, like <laughs> pretend to laugh. Or, or one time they gave me my drink, and what, what did they do? I think they said, they're like, Jack? And I'm like, it's Jake. <laughs> See, but I thought you were going to go a different route down that story. I thought you were going to say, you tell them your name's Jake, and they actually write Am Amiad right onto the cup and be like, wow, see how I got your name right? Like, that was That'd weird. be good. That'd be good. Yeah. Oh, if they did that, you get a tip. Yeah, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> for shit. So you got to earn it. I, I can understand the Jake from State Farm thing where you're like, wow, you sure are clever. I haven't heard that before. Well, and it's not even yeah. my name. All the memes. <laughs> yeah. They're making a connection. All the memes. Something that's not even your name to begin with. <laughs> oh, man. It's my parents' fault, really. <laughs> yeah, blame the parents, right? <laughs> yeah, for all our terrible <laughs> names. <laughs> well, my terrible name came from jail, but, you know. <laughs> okay. That's another story for another time. Yep. Yeah, yeah. well. All right, so you're a doctor. Care to divulge about what your background is in exactly? Because uh, this is my first time ever having a conversation with you, and I have many questions. Yeah, for sure. So I am a medical doctor that is not practicing. I just graduated from medical school this past April, so I'm fresh out of school. Uh, but, but yeah, my path looks a little different than most doctors. Instead of continuing on with clinical residency, which is what most people do after uh, medical school, specialize into what type of doctor they want to be, I decided that I wanted to follow my passions, uh, really of working in technology and hopefully video games uh, and, and seeing how can the tech world improve healthcare, which is in a lot of ways. Uh, so I'm working in the digital health industry right now and, and hoping to bring my medical knowledge and, and expertise to, to help bring that, that goal forward. Get in and touch. You... Sorry, I was going to say, um, get in touch with Dark Cola. He is another doctor also working on, um, on video games and disabilities. And he's working on the controller aspect of it. But I figure you two could powwow and come up with something. Yeah, I'm writing it down. Dark Cola. I'm like open for all collaborations. I just started my own YouTube channel myself, Digital Doc Games, where we're looking at how video games have a positive impact on people's lives. 
And I'm like so excited just to talk to everyone. Accessibility is a huge part of that, but um, just one part of it. So how exactly right. do you plan to contribute to the field? Like you say you want to get in this, like what aspects like is it that like really interests you or gets your gets your fire burning? For sure. I mean, in general, I really enjoy working on product. So product development, I think it's really interesting the path of uh, how you take an idea and actually translate into that to something tangible. So being involved with those product discussions, I think is really interesting. And again, digital health, you know, that's anything really software based um, for for healthcare for patient care. Um, but ideally, right, in a, in a fantasy world, which which is becoming truer and truer every day, uh, it's about somehow combining, you know, we're using the video game industry and combining that. Um, so I'm not exactly sure what form that takes yet, whether that's through accessibility, whether that's through some type making some type of my own company, my own game company, my own advocacy company, whatever it is. But that's uh, that's that's sort of the, the loose vision that I'm blindly working my way to gotcha hmm. so what initially got you like interested in all that like what like first of all what interests you in becoming a doctor and then what 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 drew you to combining these two passions of like uh technology and video game and trying mixing them all into this one cohesive soup yeah no it's a great question so being a doctor kind of something I wanted to do my whole life. Hmm. Um, my dad's a doctor. Uh, I'm the youngest of four kids. Um, my two older brothers are doctors now also. But we were never like forced to go into medicine. In fact, my dad actually wanted us to go as far away from medicine as possible. Yeah, and we just didn't well, listen yeah. to him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think it came from just wanting to make a difference. I, I want to help people as a kid. I always enjoyed kind of like playing therapist for my friends and like talking to my friends about their problems. And, and I just wanted to help people. Um, the technology side of it came, uh, that, that was just an interest. I mean, I think I got my first console in, uh, let's see, when the PlayStation 3 came out, that was my first console. And I used to play computer games with my brother before that. And I just love them. I, 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 and I don't just love them as a, as, as a hobby, I'm, I'm passionate about them. You know, I believe in video games having a power, a real power to help us connect, immerse, learn in, in a way that really no other medium can. So yeah. I've always tried to kind of combine, uh, think about how I, how I would unite those. When I started medical school, I certainly thought I would, I would be a practicing physician when all was said and done. Um, but my school had a uh, entrepreneurship track. So I joined that track program, which was just like guest speakers and some side projects. Uh, and I started working with um, some small startups. One was out of Seattle that was doing um, building training simulations for doctors in virtual reality. And I just really enjoyed it. And I was like, when I was seeing patients, I had a lot of problems with, the, with working in the hospital. Um, some of the you know efficiencies or lack thereof uh, just didn't enjoy the day-to-day -day job as much as I wanted to, and when I was writing patient notes in the hospital with you know in a room with no windows, feeling kind of depressed, uh, I was thinking about my work with the startups, and I said, you know what, this is this is what's going to make me the happiest. Interesting. All right, so I have kind of like hmm. a off the wall question: Is you said the PS3 is your was your first game console? So how? What, how old are you then, if that's what... 
Mm. I'm t- I'm 27, but we had a strict no game console rule in my house uh, until oh, I broke okay. it as the youngest child. So we used to only be able to we had Game Boys, um, and we were only able to play Game Boys on road trips. And that other than that, we for some reason we were allowed to do PC gaming, but no consoles. Uh, Let me I don't think my parents really <laughs> got it. Do you think that ended up like working in your benefit that like because you didn't have consoles as a kid that when you finally found it you're like holy shit here's this world I've been missing <laughs> and it just kind of like really dope like do you think if you like you had consoles as a kid you would, it may may have been jaded and be like yeah you know what everyone has these these are kind of cool like maybe I don't know yeah it's interesting right because like maybe you're such a a special thing it's like you know it's like my parents we kind of weird what they decided to go for and not go for but we didn't have any limits with like sweets right like we have cookie cakes in our house all the time um and when my friends would come over who you know their parents didn't let them have candy they would just go crazy they couldn't contain themselves (laughs) so i guess i i don't know if i could i could contain myself but when i like slept over at friends houses as a kid like it was awesome because i would just play halo with them like up until like three in the morning you know yeah um but I, I don't know. I don't know if it had an impact, but it definitely made for some fun memories. I mean, road trips, like, that was it. Like, being in the car playing Pokemon. You know, Pokemon took me, like, <laughs> two whole years to beat because I only got to play it for, like, four hours at a time every couple months. <laughs> so every time your dad was like, I'll, I'll stop this car if you guys don't keep acting up. Like, yeah, stop the car. I got to play some Game Boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead. Stop the car. You uh, we, me more time to, to catch we, this Pokemon. We have something yeah. here. Uh, youngest child, does that mean you got a lot of wedgies? Um, from my brothers? I don't think they, we did wedgies as much, but uh, we definitely got into our fair share of, of tussles. Yeah, well, I used to get in those too. Yeah, I have a younger brother. He's about two years younger than me, so... You know, that was bound to happen. Yeah. I do hope that now you're you're able to take the time to go back to the days before the PS3 because there's some real hidden gems. Oh, there's some not-so-hidden gems on the old consoles, man. The old ones were bangers. I know, right? So yeah, like just, uh, yeah. The Nintendo, like, I don't know what they call it, virtual console, whatever it is, but that's going to oh, be yeah. an opportunity to go back and play some. There's a ton of good ones. So oh, on yeah. the ch- on the channel, are you are you looking to do like also like integrate like playthroughs? Like, is that going to be a thing as well in terms of like what you want to do with the channel? Or yeah, so right now I have two interviews up. The first one is with uh, a doctor, Doctor Eric Gantworker, who works for Level X, which is a super cool company um, that Sweet. makes video games for doctors. And the oh, second okay. one, so that's awesome. Uh, the second interview is with Ross Miner, who's uh, a blind gamer. And that was very uh, fun for me and educational to, to learn about how he plays games. Yeah, um, Ross blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> he blocked you? Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. That's uh, how you know you've made it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, I, don't, I haven't made it yet. I don't think anyone's blocked me yet, to my knowledge. <laughs> All right. um, I've, I've got a bunch of names. I've got a bunch of names of blind gamers if you're ever into talking to more of them. Because yeah, I know, well, both, I know both John and I know a bunch of them. There <laughs> we go, John. Absolutely. So, John, I want to ask you what you think of this. Um, so, Ross, in our, in our discussion, we thought of the idea, uh, we were talking about The Last of Us 2 and how it's uh, what Ross said was is the first game to, to have a blind mode, so that a blind 
gamer could play it all the way mm. through theoretically without problems. Um, mm -hmm. And I was saying, I, I want to be able to experience that. And he's like, well, you can. And the idea talking about playthroughs was what if I, as a sighted person, uh, uh, you know, whether it's turn my TV off, put a blindfold on for effect, whatever it is, played through the, the game um, using the blind mode. And I, I wonder what you think of that. Yeah, go for it. Uh, do that with a lot of games if you really want to. It will show yeah. you just how inaccessible some games really are. But right. also what little things devs have done to make their games accessible accidentally. But one thing I would um, say is I'm working with the, the studio Zaum, the people who made uh, Disco Elysium, which just got voted number one on the PC Gamers 100 Greatest Games list, apparently. I got a message while we were talking by, one, by the, the COO. And um, we're going to make it totally blind playable, or at least that's their plan. They got me on consulting. Right. And uh, as a way to publicize that, when it comes out, that's exactly what I plan to do. I plan to blindfold myself, put the webcam on to show that I'm blindfolded because I've got 2,400 in my right eye and, you know, just enough to get around, but I'm not totally blind. Right. And I figure it would be a good way to show off, you know, hey, this game is completely blind accessible. Even I can play it and I'm not even fully blind. <laughs> right. So um... I actually had another interesting idea that I, I wanted to run past you, Doc. Yeah, let's hear it. You know how VR is getting much more uh, immersive? Totally. And everything? The, the sound quality and digital, like full stereo, three-dimensional sound is getting better within VR as well. So what if there was a, a game out there that somebody could develop that would take and as you go through different waves of this you know sort of sitting still shooter type game that appears all over the place all the time as you go through these waves you start losing certain things like maybe mm. your sight or maybe you lose the sound or at some points where you're pointing the vr controller doesn't line up with where you're aiming to simulate like a physical challenge and just to show people how hard it is sometimes to deal with these challenges. Wow, I didn't know that. Really good that's, idea. That's a great idea, John. Wow, that's interesting. Patent it, sell it. <laughs> that's your little add-on for that. <laughs> it's just something I've been thinking about. No, that's a banger, man. You got to talk to some, um, yeah, some VR devs. You guys hear me? I think I, I glitched out for a sec. You did. Oh yeah, you're totally okay. Frozen. Uh oh, let's uh let's try and reboot that. He's frozen. You're good. Yeah, yeah. Back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're back. Yeah, All right. Cool. You're back. No, I mean, what I was gonna say is is talk about like the power of video games, right? I mean, video games are the only way that you could have an experience like that to actually understand, you know, build empathy because of that, but to understand what it might be like for someone with a disability uh, to leave their, live their everyday lives or to, to, to be a first-person shooter or whatever it is. And then you would um, <clears throat> you'd tap a bunch of different disabled folks, you know, partially sighted, fully blind, partially deaf, fully deaf, um, various and sundry versions of, you know, mobility impaired to get, you know, the most accurate representation because my bad vision is different than Glitch's bad vision is different than, you know, somebody who's completely blind. It's, it's 
well, it's a spectrum. I hate saying it like that, but it's true. And, and, and that's what yeah. I was going to do is like, as you go through, you know, there's different layers of visual effects that can happen that will either impair or block vision completely. Same thing with audio distortion and same thing with the, the mobility aspect. There's, there's varying levels of, of all of it. Hell, turn it into a turn it into an arcade style quarter muncher where the uh, the afflictions are randomized each time you play. Yeah, that's what it would be. Oh wow! Yeah. And what a cool thing to like make gameplay out of an important aspect like that. You know, mm -hmm. like it's, that's it's so bringing, neat. It's bringing awareness without being preachy about it. That's right. And no. I mean, yeah. yeah. Right. You don't even have to say, oh, this is for disabled people. This is for this or that. You just say, you know, it's it's a virus that's in your system and it's been it's messing with all your, your stuff so you can't kill the space bugs as well as you, you'd, you'd usually be able to. I mean, you can you can couch it in terms like that to appeal right. to the average person. Mm -hmm. Or you could just oh, go the whole awareness route thing and say, you know, it's, it's a disabled. Well, you could thing. do both, I think. Yeah. I think and, and like, what I would... What I would also like to do with it is make it sort of roguelike-ish in a sense that there's different upgrades you can get to either your weaponry or to sort of counteract some of the negative effects. And you'll have to choose, do I want a stronger gun or do I want to be able to see again for the next round? Yeah, you're speaking yeah, cool. Ryan's language there. You say rogue <laughs> roguelike, he's like, oh, I'm there. <laughs> I like that a lot. What's life without a little challenge? Exactly. <laughs> you like a little lot more challenge than I do. Sometimes. Nobody knows that better than us. <laughs> a little bit of hard decision making, you know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you were um, you were talking about um, video games impacting people in a positive way and being used to enrich somebody's life. I don't know if I'm stepping on toes in terms of scheduling, but I actually have a couple of examples from from my life where video games really did um, help me out and help my mom out, so. Awesome. Well, I'd love to have you on, but you've been blocked by Ross Minor, so I, I can't, <laughs> you know, I gotta respect Ross' decision. No, no, that sounds great. We should definitely talk. Oh, yeah. Well, I, didn't know if you wanted to, I didn't know if you wanted to talk about those here or if you wanted to talk about those on your thing, but I'd be happy to kind of go through them. Yeah, yeah whatever you want. We could, we could do one, we could do both, whatever you want. What are you trying to say there, Ricky? Well, to piggyback off kind of what like Juan Ryan was saying to you is like, what experiences have you had where you've seen games having a positive impact on someone in your experience uh, through, you said you went through, um, I kind of kind of forgot what you kind of said, but you did some kind of uh, stuff while you're in med school working with some people, right? So the VR. Like, yeah. What positive experiences had you seen that like really stood out to you that kind of like solidified like, ooh, I can, I can actually meld these two these two uh, worlds. So I'm going to tell you one story that I think is the perfect example. So I was working, I think, um, on the medicine team, or was it the psych team? Might have been the psych team. Um, and we had a patient, uh, we'll call him Mr. Butler. And he uh, was a 80 year old man, pretty severely demented. Uh, you know, able to have a conversation with you, but oh, yeah. every once in a while just kind of would lose track of what's going on or kind of start repeating the same type of things. Um, but for whatever reason, I just very much connected with this patient. Mm -hmm. And it was actually, I used to kind of say, you know, elderly patients, maybe not 
my speed as much. I mean, I, maybe that's not the patient I connect with the most, but he actually taught me that I actually really enjoyed working with the elderly population. Um, and Mr. Butler, somehow we started talking about gaming. And he told me, I don't know if it was true or not, that he plays all these types of video games and first person shooters on his phone. Um, he's 80 years old and he's got severe dementia. I don't know if that was true or not. Uh, but one day uh, I had some extra time. So I went into Mr. Butler's room and I started talking to him. I pulled up a chair next to his bed and I said, well, can you show me any of these games? And he said, oh, it's a new phone. I don't have any games on this. Um, so I said, okay, well, let's download one, which is kind of timely now based on what's happening with, with uh, Epic and Apple and, and everything right now. But I downloaded Fortnite <laughs> on his phone. And uh, I, I, you know, I, I put him in a, a squad with me and I showed him how to play and I said, let's play Fortnite together. And <laughs> for those five, 10 minutes that we were playing Fortnite, first of all, not only did he have a smile on his face the entire time, but as the medical provider and the patient, we got to connect in a really special way right. by doing something that required teamwork. And I left that room being like, that was awesome. If that's what I could do every day, then I would do it. Truthfully, I've never understood why child psychologists don't get into like, gaming, gaming with their patients. Because uh, I mean, for exactly that reason, it gives you a rapport with the kid. It would, yeah, it would, it would help. True. It would help gain trust with the, you know, with the counselor and the the family and all this other stuff. I, I don't understand why games aren't more heavily utilized especially in the psychological sector yeah i mean hell they could be used to help with phobias traumas etc i mean god knows i've used them with traumas i've had in the past yeah i mean that's that's so true right so for the first thing you said about using it as a connection you know in in a lot of pediatric hospitals they have like wii's and uh X xbox 360s and stuff on hand that you can wheel into the patient's room if they want to play but for a doctor to go in and play with them, yeah. they have to A, have the time to do that, and B, have the, the, the thought to do that and, and you know, be able to, to understand or want to play video games. That's um, where RH comes in. A and that's right. And yeah. right. As, as you know, the new, the millennials and, and whatnot take over as in the leading positions, maybe you get, do get stuff like that. Um, but I've, I've run into a couple groups, their names kind of, I can't think of their names, but, but that do come into hospitals and game with patients. So it's not necessary. And sometimes the nurses will get involved and things like that. Not necessarily yeah. the doctors, but yeah, I've um, heard of those. that's like good. At, uh, UC Davis uh, Children's Hospital and stuff. They'll yeah. I mean, it, I think Able Gamers even comes in uh, yeah. to play with patients. That wouldn't yeah. surprise me at all. I actually stream on their, on their channel, actually. On Able Gamers? Um, yeah, I do that. Um, so, you know. But it, you just got me thinking. I was, um, when I used to go to PT, like, they had a Wii there. And I remember that used to be, like, a cool way for me to kind of, like, connect with the PT in, like, a different way. Because it's, like, I mean, you already, it already <laughs> is pretty easy to connect to a PT because the relationship is going to be intimate in a way. Because, I mean, they're they're touching your body and they're they're, you know. Sure, it, it, and and that, that's not always the case with a doctor. So I think, like, what's cool is like you were able to get that sort of, um, you were able to kind of give him a feeling of like um, more of being less of a patient and being just a human, you know. 
Yeah. And I think that's yeah. the problem is a lot of times you go into the hospital or whatever and you just get this whole like, you know, it's just like, oh, the doctor checking up on me. You know, he's just going to talk to me. And that's about it. You know, the, that's right. where where the relationship kind of severs. Um, right. But I, but I think this could actually break it into something different. I think, you know, I think it could really help actually with the rapport with the patient yeah. as well. And I, God, you mentioned. Really sorry, sorry, go ahead. Oh, as I say, you mentioned PT. Uh, I think that's, I'm almost only learning now, really an exciting field where video games can be and are used. Um, yeah. I've already contacted two different PTs. Hopefully we'll, we'll work something out with an interview in the near future oh, yeah, uh, that are great. using video games regularly for, for therapy with their patients. There's uh when I've done therapy, um, cause I don't know if you know, I'm a quadriplegic, mm -hmm. um, but there are, they, there is this therapy equipment that they call the Armeo and they, they don't use it just only for, um, quadriplegics or people with paralysis, but, uh, stroke victims as well. But it's basically like a three, like an exoskeleton you put onto either one of your arms and it gives you some, a, a game based goal to be able to kind of help, um, give you like i said give you a goal to make you want to move your arm and uh help reconnect those um those pathways in your brain but what i'm saying that'd be a cool thing for maybe you to re research into maybe that can help uh expand your not your brain a little bit but the uh, reason i want to get is like uh ask i'm telling you that's because uh the question i want to ask next is like what's something that you would like to see implemented in the therapy setting or in any kind of hospital setting uh including um, that could include video games that you haven't seen or you'd want to see? I think what we were talking about before, um, kind of with, with John's VR idea, I think actually tapping into the video game world and talent, tapping into the talent in that industry and using right. them to come up with uh, either therapies or management tools or diagnostic tools, whatever it is. Uh, I mean, with VR, it's really interesting, right? Because you think of a lot of, you know, more obvious kind of solutions, which are, well, what is the player experiencing? What are they seeing um, mm -hmm. as they're playing? Whatever experience it is. But another thing about VR is the data that you can get from a virtual reality headset or the controllers is extremely precise. So you can learn so much mm. about movement disorders by seeing how a player uh, moves, um, you know, virtual reality motion controllers. And right. there was one, I went to a talk, uh, so, so I went to GW Med School, which was in DC, so it's close to the NIH. Um, so I go there. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. At the med school I've or the there. undergrad? I've been there. Uh, like the med school. Yeah. I've had a I've had one friend who became a nurse practitioner there, another friend who just became an RN. Oh, awesome. I probably wouldn't know them, but that is very <laughs> exciting. <laughs> um, but yeah, I went to a talk by someone who works at the NIH who was doing just that and using uh, VR controllers to learn more about, uh, I don't know if it was um, skeletal muscular dystrophy or some, some, some uh, huh. illness. Um, yeah, you definitely. Uh, you'll definitely want to tap Dark Cola for that because he would be able to give you a ton of information, I'm betting. Could, could yeah. you guys just imagine, though, walking into your eye doctor's office to take your annual eye exam and get told, here, strap this on, you're going to the shooting range? Um, <laughs> uh, I, I don't mean to kind of piss in your Wheaties, but that's exactly how my hand-eye coordination was tested when I was two years old. Really? Yep. 
he put me in um he put me in a chair with a field that was just full of these blinking lights. Every time I saw a blinking light, I pushed the button. And that's how he tested my visual acuity. Huh. Or not right. my visual acuity, my uh, my hand-eye coordination. And from those, he decreed to my parents, buy him an Atari, get him into gaming. And here I am. <laughs> he was instrumental <laughs> to your yep. gaming future. <laughs> Dr. John Fong from Sacramento, California. I still remember his name. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, so that that's the type of things that really excite me. And I mean, you look at whatever medical simulations they have now, and they're stuck in the past. I mean, you have yeah. outdated graphics, poor animations. It's so not engaging. I mean, I'm talking about simulations for physician learning, but also things being used for patient uh, adherence or education or whatever right. that be. Um, there is a billion, multi-billion dollar industry that is proving you can do it much better so i think it just needs to be looked at if naughty dog can make the last of us 2 blind playable they can sure as hell make some uh, medical training games that are better than ps1 era let's play right yeah well i was was thinking about naughty dog and i i don't know i was looking actually this morning i was researching so uh for the blind mode they have like the the sounds that ping and the correct direction for you to go john have you played it no, I have not. I okay. don't have a PS4, sadly. Okay, okay. So uh, so that's how they handle, I guess, uh, one way they handle navigation uh, in that for the blind mode. Um, and I was wondering, well, like, that's so cool. Is there anything like that for, you know, GPS, you know, just getting around, you know, whether it be your house or an unfamiliar location or the streets uh, that like maybe you could learn from video games in that way? Well, that's kind of, there well, that's are things work with echolocation that's why they're so hollow is so that they can conduct sound better there's also a lot of uh, logistical challenges to that because the question is how do you like distinguish that sound and how do you like take a camera image of let's say a car and distinguish that in a way that the person without sight would know that it's a car in front of them and not just some big blob yeah, so I guess I wasn't thinking necessarily with like the echo location aspect as much, but just just navigation in the sense that follow you know following the 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 growing sound hmm. leading you to your destination. Which you know I, I mean I, I looked up John. I'm sure you know better than I do, but I quickly looked up different blind navigation tools, and there seems to be some solutions already out there that are really good that tell you what street you're on and and all that. Um, yeah. It- it's mostly like uh, verbal communication, like mm. almost like a standard in-car GPS, but on foot instead. And it's, it's more right. geared towards the sidewalk paths and everything like that. Right. Yeah, yeah. It, um, that was... When it comes to Last of Us 2, the guy you want to talk to is super blind man, Brandon Cole. He he's the guy that they tap to work on um, all the accessibility stuff for like three years of developing uh, Last of Us Two. So, and he loves talking about it too. He is yeah. so proud of himself, and he should be for all rights. And I mean, he he made a big get, but yeah, the guy you want to talk to is Super Blind Man because he he will he will educate you. That's for sure. Edumacate. Right, and that's that's amazing. I mean, so do you guys know for video game devs and companies that are uh, putting more accessible accessibility features into their games. Are they doing that? Are they are they 
you know, reaching out to the accessibility commu community and having them consult? Not often. I've, I got tapped by, uh, by um, the people who did Disco Elysium, but that is very rare. And, uh, but most of the time it's just, at least for the six years I've been doing it, you, you talk to them, you ask them for a feature and generally they're, they're fine with adding it. I mean, if they can, yeah. if they can't, they'll tell you they can't. It's totally fine because I mean, you, you want to get in early on development because you know a game's been released it's already done they're not going to add anything to it but if a game's in early access there's still time for them to add this or that little feature and i tend to go for the little features i don't like the big game changers my goal when i advocate is to not change the base game just give us the options we need to be able to play the base game yeah right. e even the playing field if you will mm -hmm. right we don't want to make right. the game easier we just want to make it to where we can play the same difficult game right sure yeah, and I mean, I know that argument, there was a big, uh, I don't know if you were aware of this doc or if you saw anything on it, but there was a big thing when uh, the game Sekiro, when that came out, right. about, about, about just the fact that, you know, there was a big conversation about like, oh, well, do we, you know, is it a matter of that we want to be able to change the difficulty, or is it a matter of that we want just a better way of sensing the battle that's happening before us, so that way we actually have a chance Fun but story not about changing the difficulty, though. You know, fun, fun story about Sekiro. I got it a couple of months ago. Somebody bought it for me to try, and the combat is difficult. But that's fine because it's it's a FromSoft game. The games are difficult, whatever. Yeah. The problem I had with it, the thing that was banging my head against the wall, was the navigation for it. the The camera didn't work like it should. I couldn't tell where I was supposed to go. Mm. And I mean, I didn't need a footpath or anything like that. But I needed to know that. I mean, I needed something to let me know that, okay, you need to look up and you need to go up this ledge. There was nothing telling me that. And I got yeah. so friggin' angry at that. But the combat itself was fine. I knew it was going to be a slog because that's how these games are. But the problem I had was navigation. And there's no way in getting in touch with, with a Japanese game developer, especially now that the game's been out for two years. So it's like, yeah. well, I guess that's a wash. <laughs> yeah, but that, I mean, I was just, I guess the whole reason why I was bringing that up is just because it's just interesting how it's like you know people need to remember that it's not like it's not about having like an easy mode like that's not what we're talking about there's a difference between accessibility and an easy mode like that, that honestly doesn't... i would be insulted if a dev put an easy mode into a game for us for with those the idea <laughs> yeah with that idea that'd be ridiculous that'd be absolutely yeah because that's not what you want you want to yes, be able to play the game the way right. it was intended just maybe altered for the you know there's a difference between yeah. removing an entire stealth section yeah. because because blind people or deaf people or what have you and making the ui a little easier to read through proper font selection yeah. and sizing and stuff like that right but it right, brings exactly. up like a larger question which is should games be made so that anybody can play it? And I'm not just talking about accessibility. I think that's an obvious answer. The answer is yes. Um, I, I know exactly or... what you're talking about because I've had this conversation a lot of times. I, I don't have a problem with as many people being able to play as many different games as possible. Everybody's mm -hmm. in favor of that. Everybody, I mean, the yeah. devs want more people to play because they, that means they get more money. And they get more eyes on their pro projects. And, you know, I mean, because some devs, some devs, they make games because these are their babies. Some devs, they make games because they want money. Either way, if yeah. you add more options, more people can play, more people will spend money, more people will enjoy your game. That's cool. That's fine. Exactly. But there is an upper limit. Dark Souls games are hard. That's just how it is. 
making making Dark Souls games easy diminishes them. I'm not saying that right. an easy mode wouldn't be, you know, shouldn't be added if they if the devs want to add it, they should. But I don't think they should be forced into doing anything. I have a right. huge problem with a lot of these people who seem to want to force devs, who seem entitled to force devs to change their games fundamentally for them or for these these poor minorities or these poor marginalized people or whatever the term is now. I think yeah. that I think that devs should be able to make the games they want to make, but at the same time they should go or they should, you know, have at the forefront. Now wait, is there anything we can do to make the game a little more accessible without watering it down? Yeah. Right. I mean, on the other hand, you know, I, I think we're talking about here about other industries, you know, healthcare wanting to, you know, or, or that they should use video games um, incorporate into their practice. Mm -hmm. If people can't understand why games are so positive, then there's, it's such a barrier because just unlike any other medium, unlike a book where anyone can open and read, unlike a movie where anyone can go on Netflix and watch, you need to know. I mean, I try to play games with my wife and some of even one of my one of my brothers, and like they can't do it because they can't do both analog sticks at once. They just can't figure it out. Yeah, that um, is a bit of a barrier to entry. I'll give you that one. But no, yeah. what what my point being though is, I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't try to introduce them to gaming through Dark Souls for God's sakes. That no, no. That wouldn't right. be the starting yeah. point. And, and, <laughs> and, and, I mean, my, my wife got into like World of Warcraft and Stardew Valley and all this other stuff. And and like my mom got into it through Tetris and I got into it through, you know, Atari games. I mean, everybody's got a different entry point because we've we're all different. We are all older, younger, um, more yeah. disabled, less disabled, all that stuff. <clears throat> exactly. Uh, I'm considered. with I'm with Ryan on that aspect. Uh for me though, there are just like books, just like movies, there are games designed for different purposes. Dark Souls, you know, the Souls-like, the Soulsborne yeah. games are designed to give you a challenge, to, to put the most sadistic gamers through the toughest trials and make them come out stronger people. Those are your Dostoyevskis. <laughs> yeah, or make them rage to all hell like I do on my stream. We all rage quit. We all rage quit. I am yeah, but and and like a game, <laughs> yeah. for example, I'm gonna use Minecraft here. That is a game to <laughs> Oh, they're a jerk accessible game. <laughs> yeah, that is a game to induct creativity yeah. and exploration yeah, and yes, Animal Crossing too. Like there are games for different reasons. If we sit right. there and dumb down all games and say, yes, all games yeah. must be playable by all people regardless of skill level then what purpose do games have to be made to begin with? The difference between games from, from entertainment and, and be, you know, it's between entertainment and a sport, right? Yeah. So it's, it's where do you fall in yeah. that line? Yeah. And see, I don't, that's the thing. I don't have a problem with easier games, diff, more difficult games. My whole point is I think if a dev wants to make a game that is blisteringly difficult, he should be able to. And then if we come around and say, oh, you know, this disability feature, that disability feature, and they don't add them, that's fine. I'm not going to castigate him. I'm just going to say, hey, I asked the dev. He said, no, he has no interest in doing it. So I'm just going to pass on the game. It's, you know, free market at work, right? <laughs> but when it comes to like... I think uh, Ricky was trying to interject there. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Ricky. No, no uh, finish your thought and then I'll ask my question. Okay. But when it comes to uh, games, honestly, I'd like to see 
all kinds of games. I'd like to see, you know, beginner games, intermediate games, story games, gameplay games. I mean, because the way I play games is either the game is a gameplay game where it's basically just a medical exercise for me because that's how I got into gaming was from that original, you know, click whenever you see the light test or a narrative driven game, you know, like a story game or a, a role playing game or something like that yeah. where it can, you know, engage me and take me away and escapism and all that crap. So I think there's, there should be a space in the gaming market for all variety of games from the completely niche, like your, you know, your souls born Mm, excuse me, or your roguelikes to something more, you know, baseline like The Sims or Animal Crossing or Harvest right. Moon or, or Stardew Valley or, you know, Minecraft or Terraria or any of those. I think there's room on the landscape for everything, really. I, I agree with you. All right. Well, my question to you is just uh, kind of totally different aside from that. <laughs> is, I was going to ask you, is there anyone, do you have any like heroes or wannabe mentors <laughs> that are paving the way for what you want to be doing in the future or uh, someone you idolize, like I want to be doing what they're doing right mm -hmm. now, or I want to get, be a part of that. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to say there's three people. Okay. That come to my mind and there's probably more, but these are the three. Okay. No, I'm going to make it four. <laughs> All right, uh, let's hear it. They, there's, I already mentioned Dr. Eric Gantworker from level X. Uh, Eric, go watch that interview. It's the first interview on digital.games. Uh, he, is, he is awesome. And the way that he thinks about video games as a platform for education is spot on. Uh, and that's what he's doing at his company. But he, he, he likes to talk about chocolate-covered broccoli and that a lot of educational games can just be chocolate-covered broccoli. And you can try and teach math through a game, but eventually the kid or the player is going to realize they're just doing math. And that's not really engaging. But how do you actually take what is um, what is powerful about games? I mean, if you think, I think the classic yeah. example is thinking about the first Mario game. There's no instructions. There's no tutorial. You go. You start and you yeah. go. And you realize, okay, well, if, you know, I, I actually just did this. I played with my four-year-old nephew. I played uh, the first Mario game with him, and I didn't teach him how to play. He grabbed the controller. He never has touched a controller before. And he started, he messed around and he figured out pretty quickly if he presses left, character is going to go left, presses right, he goes right, continues on. Then there's that first pitfall with not even hesitation. He went right, fell right into the pit, didn't even think to try and jump over it. And on his second playthrough, maybe he did the same thing. On his third playthrough, Man. he figured out, okay, I need to jump. And he's four years old. You know, I need to jump over this pit. And here he is, and I'm kind of stealing Eric's uh, talk right here, but, but here he is. Um, failing over and over and over again, but it's fun. And in education, we fail and we're taught that it's a bad thing, but in games we fail and we're taught that it's a good thing. So how do you take that from video games and thoughtfully bring it into education? Medical education is just one aspect of it, right. um, but to create you know, not chocolate covered broccoli experiences, but real thoughtful experiences. So Eric is one mentor of mine, because and he's also a doctor. He's 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 still a practicing physician. He's pediatric ENT, um, but he's yeah. also non-clinical. So he's been helpful for me in my video game in in interests, in my education interests, but also proving that as a physician, you could have a non-clinical position and be useful. So that's the first. Well, I actually have an idea for that. Yeah. Let's hear it. Actually, 
So let, let's take the math example here, right? What if you have a adventure game, action-adventure game, sort of like The Legend of Zelda, for example, right? You go through yeah. a dungeon, and the dungeon has locked doors with math questions attached to them. Getting the question wrong gives you more enemies to fight, which means more gameplay, which means more fun. Right. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I got to think about yeah. it. But yeah, I think some, and those are the type of questions you think about. How do we put this around gameplay? Mm -hmm. See, if you were going to go like for... What you're really trying to advocate is how, how can we make failure fun that causes learning and makes the person want to keep trying to yeah. proceed and proceed and without having failure as a hindrance but as a learning experience but also kind of being like subliminal subliminal in a sense that they don't know that they're learning something i think yeah, the old yeah. apple games did that really well like uh organ trail and and freedom which good luck finding that uh, one ever. i remember playing organ trail, organ trail. In, totally in school we used to have these Apple computers. Yeah, and you'd always you'd always avoid the stupid educational games. You'd always go right to Oregon Trail. And then and you'd, right. hunting, you'd go to hunting whenever you could. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, the point of the Oregon Trail was that it was edutainment. It was very educational in a variety of different ways, and it was entertaining. And it never really, it was never really up its own ass with about about being educational. It just, <sighs> it, this is the game. This is the journey that these people took. These are the places that they went. This is the stuff they had to deal with. And I just, I, I can't think of a better edutainment style game that actually got the entertainment aspect of it so right. Yeah, but I think we need to hear about three more. There's three more influencers that we need to hear about from him. Okay, okay. I'm going to switch my uh, headphones here. Because this just died on me. Oh, or no. Is it <laughs> We made stuff die okay. because we talked too much. <laughs> All right. I think you're still there. Nope, I don't hear him. I don't hear you. Well, after we hear about his three influencers, maybe we can open up the chat there to some go. questions and see what there. everyone wants to ask. Yeah. But I'm back yeah. when you're ready for me. Yeah. All right. Sorry about so, that. Um, so yeah, yeah num number two, uh, I'm going to say, I've actually never, well, I'll, I'll give one more medical person. So Noah Falstein uh, is a uh, game designer. Um, I think his, his past titles at some, uh, I think even at Google was, um, was it, I think it was game designer. So he's worked in the video game industry. And now he's sort of pivoted a little bit. To, um, he's not working at Google anymore. He's uh, working on his own as a consultant for companies that are doing the very things that I'm interested in. So he's a consultant for Level X, but he's cool. working with uh, companies that want to make healthcare games. So he's a consultant for um, Ackley Interactive, which is a company in California that just got their game it's the first ever video game to receive FDA approval for uh, treating something. So they, they, it's a video game for kids with ADHD. And now they have FDA approval as a real proven treatment for ADHD. I um, need to play that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it, I guess it's out on the, on the <laughs> Apple store. You could search for it. I don't know what it's called. Um, 
but but so he's awesome and he has been also someone who's been a mentor for me uh actually I have a phone call with him later today uh gonna try to get him on the channel we'll see how that goes uh awesome. but he's he's someone that's so knowledgeable about again the medical space now but his his roots are in the video game uh space um so that's number two the third one the last two are two people are people i haven't met um the third one are, I don't even know their names, to be honest, but they're still role models for me, uh, are the two founders of BioWare. Um, they are retired now, but they were, uh, they were doctors, they were MDs. So they went to med school, I think actually even did some residency and maybe practiced. Wow. Um, and then through their passion for game dev, started BioWare, which I have to imagine is where the bio part of BioWare came from being from the starters from the science. I don't know if that's true, but I always, I, I've tried to reach out to them but in the past and with no luck, maybe they'll, maybe they're watching right now. Doctors um, and Greg Zezik. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So I just think that's really cool. So that they were kind of, even when I was young and I, maybe I should have seen this as a red flag for medical school, but in the back of my mind, I was like, yeah, I could be a doctor. And then I can always just do what they did and become a video game designer. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not quite wrong from what you're doing. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, why not? So somehow, I guess they put that thought in my head early on and, and it grew and grew and grew. And here just we don't are. Don't make Mass Effect Andromeda 2 Electric Boogaloo, please. <laughs> uh, the last one I would say again is someone I've never met, but I, I, um, look up to a lot is Greg Miller from Kind of Funny. And uh, I, I just I have a lot of respect for Greg um, for starting his own YouTube channel uh, and making it um, successful, you know, Kind of Funny Games, very successful podcast and YouTube channel. And he also uh, is very open about talking about his experience um, going through cancer and how that affected his life and affected mm. his, uh, his time as a, as a gamer and for a while. I actually wrote into one of his shows once and, and he, he picked my question and talked about it. And, and for a while he said that uh, he couldn't play games and, and that was maybe one of the hardest things for him, um, not being able to do something he loved. So, I, I, you know, the, the, those last two are people I've never met, but just people I really admire uh, and would love to meet one time. So, yeah. so Bioware, Greg, if you're listening to this, let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I have one more question then maybe we can get some uh questions from the chat if anyone in the chat wants to ask you a question we'll ask you this is like so where do you see yourself in five years then or where, what's the hope you know so i have learned never to answer that question too seriously because if you would ask me <laughs> four years ago i would not say i'd be you know talking to the wheelchair gamer on his podcast right now but i'm so happy that i am I would have thought I would have been. Right, right. So everyone awesome. take this answer with a grain of salt then. That's right. That's right. Um, but I would say where I would like to be in five years is uh, I would like to be the head of product at a digital health company that's using some type of software solution to improve patient care. Um, where I would love to be in five years is on the product team, um, whether that's head of product, game designer, whatever that is, how, you know, I have to be realistic of, of how I would get there. Uh, but on a team that, that recognizes the, the very conversations that we're having and whether that's to make 
educational experiences for doctors or uh, whether that's to improve some type of patient care or whether that's talking about uh, accessibility and trying to, you know, if I could use my clinical background to uh, think at least clinically, what are the type of ways that we could make, um, what's the word, uh, interventions uh, for people with disabilities so that they can play these games. I mean, that, that would be awesome for me. So those, that's, that's where I'd like to be and, and that's where I'd love to be. That's one of the best feelings about advocacy is when you talk to a dev and they hadn't even thought of this stuff and you bring up like examples and they immediately just glow with ideas. Yeah. Yeah. It's such, like it's such a great going. Like, yeah. They get it. Thank God they get it. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's like the song from Hamilton that's popular in Disney plus right now. It's like, I want to be in the room where it happens. So I want to be in the room where they're having those conversations. That's a pretty, pretty good vision to have. So hopefully, I mean, we'll check back with you in five years and see yeah. where you, you are. Better, you be better like, be moving. You said this and you're not there. Uh, so no, what's going no, on? There, what's going now on? Now it's on the internet. I'm stuck to it. <laughs> <laughs> you follow through on this path or we will come with you at pitch with pitchforks. <laughs> hey, I'll try. You. <laughs> I'll try. Um, All right. Well, so anyone in the chat who's listening, who thinks that we're ignoring them, but we're not. Uh, it's Bashi Paul thought we ignore him. But we're letting everyone talk. If you guys have any questions for Mr. Digital Doc, now's the time. But if you got like a minute, if not, forever hold your peace. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So bring, Doc, give me the tough ones. So, Doc, have you actually been in touch with any devs yet? Uh, not devs, other than Noah, who used to be a dev. Um, I, on Monday, am speaking to someone, I won't say who yet. Uh, uh, an accessibility accessibility lead at one of the the major game companies. So I'm really excited surprise, about that. Surprise. <laughs> Stay tuned. Watch Stay out tuned. for that. The best yeah. ones I've found are the indie games. The indie game devs love talking about accessibility. Even if they can't do it on that specific game due to the engine, for example, they are more yeah. than happy to to note it down for the next game they work on. And generally cool. the way I do it is I just go to their website, email them, talk to them on Twitter, go to their discords. I mean yeah. The, that's why I stick with indie devs. I hate dealing with publishers. So I just contact the, you know, go, skip the middleman and go right to the guy who's making the game. Right. Because right. a lot of times when you're dealing with like the bigger, the bigger games, like you're dealing with like a community manager and then like, there might be right. three other stops before you get to the end. Yeah, dealing with publishers, I've, I've, I've only had two good interactions in six years. I constantly fall through the cracks. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, what, yeah. What do you do, yeah. streamer, doctor? Okay. So, uh, Jude, um, joined. Oh wait, late. I missed the chat. The chat was blowing, and I didn't even see ah. it. Sorry, guys. Thus so, proving Rick a, a liar. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Um. Way to go, Bill. So let's catch up. Okay. Wait, game. <laughs> Sorry, I had to leave. In the, leave. Go unfollow. He had to go unfollow uh, Keiko's channel. What? What are you going on about? You think? I think you mean. Wait, what? I don't know what he was going on so, about there. To answer your question, Jude, he's um he is a he is a doctor who is working on bringing games into medical treatments and into um into the doctor's office into you know training for doctors treatment for patients all that kind of thing yeah yeah beautifully said thank you 
All right. Well, we got two questions in the chat for you. One of them, some guy joined late and he said he wanted to know, um, are you a streamer, a doctor or a video game designer? Uh, I wish I was a video game designer. I am a doctor. I am not practicing in the hospital, but I'm working in the in the in the industry. So in the startup tech digital health industry. Um, and as far as a streamer, I, I will be a streamer. I am just tapping my feet into this. Um, but yeah. but my plan is to every week come out with new content for my channel, Digital Doc Games. Um, I've done interviews. We've talked about that. And I conti I'll continue to do interviews. But I also want to do streaming. I'm going to uh, hopefully play through The Last of Us 2 um, without any sight. And... Um, one thing I'm working on right now, actually, I'll give you guys a little sneak peek into next week. Uh, but I wanted to do my own type of reviews. Um, so I was thinking of naming them. If you guys have other suggestions, then I'll take them. Chat, that means you as well. Um, I was thinking of impact reviews and basically looking at each game, not necessarily reviewing how the game is, but what positive impact do they bring? So is that mental health? Is that accessibility? Is that community? Whatever it is. Um, I like so that. First, yeah, I'm really excited about it. So the first one I'm, I'm in the middle of editing the video, uh, is for this game, Kind Words. Have you guys heard about that? No. I uh, can't say I have. Yes, so, I have. I've heard yeah. about it. So Kind Words, uh, I guess it probably wouldn't be very accessible for a blind gamer. Um, but it came out in 2019 and, you know, it's, it's almost like, is it a game? Which brings it to a much larger question of like, what is a game? What is a video yeah. game? But yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole point of the game is uh, you sit down, you listen to some chill music that's evident in the title. I think the whole full title is kind words and lo-fi chill beats to write to or something like that. So you listen to some lo-fi chill beats, whatever that is. And, um, you just receive and send letters to other real people in 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 the game community, uh, and it's just supposed to be a supportive network. Um, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. I've heard of this game. Yeah, and I saw somebody reviewed it as the most difficult game of 2019, and I think that is the best. That is an awesome tagline for it because huh. it's not obviously a difficult game and challenge, but it is really difficult because you read through these letters and. I mean, some of them are heavy. So I saw a couple about suicide, um, a lot about, you know, breakups and, and, and things, a lot about depression, a lot of now about like COVID and stuff. But um, there's a real community there. And I think the coolest thing about it um, is that I haven't had to use the report button once. So I haven't, I've seen some like silly comments, but these no toxicity. Then. Yeah, so yeah. Are you saying it's more emotionally wow. difficult as opposed to like, Exactly. Like technically difficult. Yeah. And it is. Like I had to I I went through like maybe 10 to 15 letters and I try to respond to most of them. Um and I had to stop because it was like, you know what? This is this is too heavy. But it's nice. It's kind of cool for me because since I don't get to see patients in the hospital right now, not that I'm like trying to treat anyone or anything. That's not my place, but it's a nice way for me to bond with someone in that way. And it's cool. all anonymous. I hope Virgin never finds that game. <laughs> All right, so we got one more question wow. for you, and this one this one's a doozy. But Boshi Paul, he says, "Wait, so Digital Doc MD, have you or have you gotten, have you or have you not gotten wedged before?" <laughs> so it's a pressing question. I have. Oh, this is weird. Okay, and I I I'm gonna share this video with him, and he's gonna be so happy that I'm saying this on live, not TV, whatever this is, live Twitch. <laughs> 
Hey, um, it's close enough. Not old, my brother-in-law, my brother-in-law, who is, you know, my sister's the oldest of, of us <laughs> four. And he comes into my family, I think even before they were married. And he's like, you're my new little brother. And he literally gave me wedgies. <laughs> and he's not even blood. <laughs> and how old were you at this time? Uh, too old. Too old. <laughs> too old to get wedgies. <laughs> That's yeah. a weird way to like introduce yourself into a family. It's like, sup, bitches, who's getting wedgied? And he's not, he's not that type of guy other than that. So it was his weird way of, of trying to be macho. <laughs> oh, God. I'll tell just, just one story just because it's a good story. Um, yeah, go I, I always joke around with my, my brother. So my brother, uh, Ellie, Dr. Ellie Fredman, we're all doctors. Um, he's the one closest to me. He's four years older than me. Uh-huh. But we all, like, I'm pretty tall. I've always been tall for my age. And he was kind of, I don't know, normal or on the shorter side um, for a while growing up. So we, we were able, I was able to, like, take him when we would, we would argue. And we argued frequently. But we used to share a room. And we had bunk beds. And there was this one time that I was on, uh, he had the top bunk. And we were both on the top bunk. And uh, <laughs> for whatever reason, we started fighting. And we started wrestling. And <laughs> I... Uh, I knocked him off the top of the bunk bed. Oh, no. He was hanging on by his toes, literally by his toes on like the wood part of the top of the bunk bed. And I had his foot. And I remember it was like the scene from The Lion King when Mufasa is like hanging <laughs> on. <laughs> you know? And I, I, I think I was like six years old at this point. And I said, Eeny, Meanie, as I took every toe away, my Nemo, <laughs> and dropped them on the floor. <laughs> so no wedgies, but we we fought. Well, as long nice. as there wasn't a stampede below, you know. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Just stuffed animals below. He was fine. <laughs> oh boy. That's a. I think that's a good story to start wrapping things up. We're, um, dude, we're over they, they last as long as uh. Um, well, unless there's any time constrictions, they usually sometimes will just will just flow. If it, if the flow's going, I mean, we'll keep the talk going. But if you know people have to go, then you know we typically go about an hour. Brothers are, brothers are so funny. Mine used to do wedgies and fart on me, which <laughs> my brother used to do the same thing. He'd all he still farts on me because I'm in a wheelchair and I can't run away from him. Did now, you get a so. lot of pink eye growing up then? <laughs> Oh my god! I have a friend who. uh, I have a friend who his brother fart likes to fart inside of him, so he farts into my friend's butt. Oh, like like he wants connecting it or something like. Like he wants his the brother wants his fart to go inside of the younger brothers as if it becomes the younger brother's farts. Wait, what? I have weird friends, guys. Really weird friends. Yeah, I'd say so. What? <laughs> what? what? That, that reminds me of the those twin brothers in uh, Bob's Burgers. Like how weird they are. I don't know if you know the show. I don't They're really Bob's strange. Movies. They're very strange. They oh, do, yeah. They, it, these brothers are weird. They do things you know, like that. The stranger your friends are, the better is what I always found out. That's what I say. I want to do another video um, soon just with a bunch of, I don't know if anyone will watch it, but just with, with my college friends who are like my best friends because the memories we have goofing around playing video games, like that, if that's not good content, I don't know what it is. I just want oh, to talk yeah. about that. Oh, yeah, my roommate, my roommate that's and the I best. Used to, uh, 
used to do like little podcast things where I would play uh, Binding of Isaac and we would talk about, you know, weird shit that we used to get up to. Yeah. <laughs> those I'm, those I'm stories are the in... best, man, because it doesn't matter how bad the story is, you will bust a gut laughing time. Literally. Then you, like, you get a flat tire and you're changing the tire and some idiot hits the jack and you're, the, the car just goes down and smashes your friend's thumb. At the time, you're screaming and fl- flipping out. An hour later at a pub, you're you're just laughing your ass off. Oh my off god! Story, yeah. That's no, the beauty of friends, no, dude. You don't exactly. have to worry about asking about that. Actually, um, that's fine. I I have muscular dystrophy. You actually do exclamation MD to find out about it, and then uh, well, Ricky, I'll let you speak for yourself about your situation. Wait, what are we talking about? He was. Oh, asking, somebody was asking about the disabilities. He was asking why we. Were oh, in Chad. Oh, someone's. Oh no, I was a BMX a BMX accident. That's how I broke my neck. Hardcore. Yeah. When was that? Uh, 12 years ago, last month. Wow. Wow, wow it's been mm-hmm. that long. Yep. Yep. I, was just, I was just born three months early. I can walk, but I can't really see or hear or breathe or not have fibro. <laughs> You're an overachiever. You had to come out. And yeah, digital John, dog you... MD is the only one of us here who's fully abled. Yeah, I was, I was a... born blind. As doc well. is a true renaissance mensch, which... <laughs> I've had that joke in my head for like an hour. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say, how long have you been holding that? <laughs> I just need a good time to use it. <laughs> I'm going to put that on. That's going to be my about me. True yep. Renaissance Mensch. I mean, I don't know. It, it, it was scary. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Oh, shit. That's fucking scary. Yeah, I mean, accidents are not fun, but, you know. It's yeah. all about adapting with the hand you are dealt. And it's such yeah, a, I mean, it's that interesting. That could happen even on a mountain bike, though, man. It doesn't really matter. I mean, like, you could, you could, you could fall off a mountain. People do crazy shit with those, too. So it's not just BMX bikes. I've seen people go, like, uh, on, like, those really thin ass cliffs. You know what I mean? Like, down a mountain or whatever. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Like, what were you, you saying? Uh, oh, I was, I was going to say, uh, you know, well, well, Glitch, you said you were born blind. Is that right? Yes, I was. So it's it's kind of interesting for me. I mean, and just with you four, there's some differences of you know who was born with disabilities and who um, you know got them later in, in life. And I, you know, I, when I was talking to Ross Miner, uh, he, he became blind when he was eight. So I just think that's a really interesting thing. I and mean, you talk about dealing with the hand that you're dealt. That means really different things based on just your stories that you just shared. I mean, the the amount that. I know I, I, I know that sometimes um, disabled people don't like when people say this, but the amount that you have to overcome and uh, it, it speaks to your character um, in, in both scenarios. So it's I just think it's really interesting. I'm so excited to be learning more about accessibility. The thing about overcoming it is not all disabled people do. I mean, in my 20s, I didn't. I was a complete fuck up until I went to jail. So that's why that's why I bring it up so often is I credit it with with really turning my life around. And some oh. people just need a kick in the ass like that. <laughs> Ricky, don't um, I don't want to hold you up too much though because I know you said you had an appointment. Oh shit, right? that's right. I don't yeah, want to. I gotta go to the optometrist. Yeah, we don't want to. <laughs> I gotta go see another doc after this doc. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Yo, dude, I heard you like docs. <laughs> I hope this guy's a renaissance mensch as well. Mensch. <laughs> I don't know. I guess uh, that's where you guys want to wrap things up, or I can just go while you guys keep talking. I mean, up to we, you, bud. We can do whatever. I'm. I'm. I. I mean, 
I'm good either I'm way. I'm still technically awake. <laughs> well, this is super fun. I, this, I, guys, this is my first Twitch. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm having a fun time chat. talking, to be honest yeah. with you. So. Let, you know, if, if I know you guys are every week. If you're ever short a man and you want uh, someone else yeah. to joke around with, just let me know. How about, I let you guys me. Keep, <laughs> I'll let you guys keep the stream keep going, and then I'll... I'll let my I'll see myself out and then I'll say my goodbyes now. But uh, I, damn it, I already for I'm I'm Amid Amad Amiad Amiad. I, I'll remember that one. Jake day, from State Farm. Yeah. Did all You're right, Jake. Jake. <laughs> You're Jake forever, Jake. Uh, it was it was good meeting you. Good talking to you. Uh, enjoyed learning more about you. Love to learn more about you on a, another yeah. episode or something or um, yeah, man. Whatever happened. If you ever need more opinions or something. For um, sure, we'll keep in touch. Yeah. Uh, everyone in chat, you know how to follow me. I'm the Rickles, and then so someone, someone else will take over the outro later. So, but uh, good talking to you guys. I will see you guys all later, and enjoy the rest of your chat. All right, all right. thanks as right. always. All righty. Yeah, at least as it pertains to accessibility, I mean, there are just so many people out there get in touch with ian hamilton if you haven't already he's the one that's oh yeah everybody into the game he yeah is awesome. he has been so helpful yeah so, he he is amazing so another question that i had for you doc is what games what games do you like to play like what is your what is your regular games that you are playing like what do you love so i don't know like if i am considered mainstream I, maybe i'm more into the popular games like indie games i i only dive into if it's the right fit for me yeah. Also, it's a matter of time, right? Like I, I oh God, yeah, you, you know, I got my wife. I have my my seventeen month <laughs> daughter. My wife's oh, wow. pregnant with another one on the way in a couple of weeks. So like, this time is, is yeah, yeah. So um, that's one thing I miss is just being able to have those days where I play video games all day. But uh, <laughs> my favorite games, I think you know, I, I play first person shooters. I play a third person adventure. I say my uh, my top. Five games are very Naughty Dog heavy. My favorite game of all time is uh, Uncharted 2. Um, That's a great game. I can go on and on. That that game is what made me... I always, I always liked video games, but that game made me fall in love with them because I never connected to a character in a story in that oh, game. Oh, yeah. Nate, Nathan Drake is like... I connect with him on such a deep level. Like, I don't know, just because... I don't know, he, he just, he, I don't know, he gets, like, under your skin in some way. I don't know how. Like He's so likable. And yeah. Nolan North does such a great job with him. Which I know some people some people can't stand him, but they like they still like the character. <laughs> really? Oh, I don't know. I like Nolan. I like. I don't know what happened with him and Troy on their, like, if they had a falling I, out. On yeah, I actually play. met Troy Baker, actually. Oh, He's yeah? Super nice guy. Like, he was, he was awesome. He actually, I need to find the picture, but... He got on the back of my wheelchair and like made it look like he was flying. It was really funny. Like he he was a really down to earth dude. Like he was very easy to talk to. Like yeah, I don't know those like I like we were talking about before we got on the podcast. Like people that do voice acting, that's such a like that's such a specialized thing, you know. And it's just like it really can make or break a video game. I think in a lot of ways. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Make break any any media that Anything, uses them. Really? Yeah. yeah. I hate to I hate to run off on you guys, but I got to get ready for my own pre-planned thing in about thirty minutes as yeah, well. well. So. See you later, John. Yeah. John, it was great meeting you, man. <laughs> Indeed. Wheels knows what that pre-planned thing is. Yeah, you're doing a stream.
Yes, I am, so. I haven't been able to do a stream in like three days. What game are you so sharing lazy. with the world? Probably more Stone Block 2. More Minecraft. Yeah, yeah, it's it's Minecraft when you talk about when you talk about it with John. <laughs> yeah, that, it, it is totally Minecraft. We got Minecraft. We got World of Warcraft. We got <laughs> um, I don't know. You, you know the BlackBerry the... phones that when back when they used to be popular in the nineties. Yeah. I used to call them Crackberries because once somebody got a hold of one, they couldn't go back to a normal phone. All right, Jude. Thanks for stopping by, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate you coming and hanging out and asking some questions. And and John, I appreciate you showing up as always, having some good conversation. You know. Indeed. <laughs> good luck on the stream. Thank you. If we're, if we're you, done, man. I'll I'll listen along. That sounds good. You yeah. get to see how I build in Minecraft, which isn't very well. I just throw things together <laughs> and they work. I'm hey. excited to see it. Hey, I'm very know. boxy in nature. I don't build fancy structures. It's just a big open cube. If it works, it works. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there you go. I build a Ferrari. I'm the same way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I just find it funny that you're addicted to Minecraft and I'm the one who interviewed Notch. <laughs> <laughs> he was so cool. He was so funny. Well, I guess that's a big time streamer for Minecraft or something. No, no, not he's the guy who created. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's right, that's right. He created it. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. the guy. But he, I mean, there was like some trouble with, I mean, when Xbox bought it, as far as what his involvement oh, no. is now. No, no? It, he was totally fine with selling it. That was the whole oh, reason really? he made it was to to make billions of dollars, and he made billions of dollars. Is sold he kind off. of out there? Is he like an out there sort of guy? Like, is he kind of like? A... He would go very well on our podcast. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> Oh, oh goodness, yeah. He well, is a bit out there, though, because he absolutely hated Minecraft Dungeons. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> and it, Minecraft Dungeons is not bad. But he, he ragged on it so hard. It's oh, not my style, I don't think. I don't know. Yeah, how, how old was he when he made Minecraft, do you know? Early 20s, I believe. Okay, what a cool thing. Yeah, yeah. he's a legitimately nice guy, at least from what I've seen. Yeah, well, that that was actually the first time I heard about Twitch. Is that I remember when it was like really underground and like people were like, oh yeah, I've been watching this dude like play Minecraft. And I'm like, what the hell is Minecraft? <laughs> it's like this game where you can make stuff and you can like you can do recipes and like go to the underworld the best... and all this shit. <laughs> when when people ask me what's Minecraft, I just look at them and go, virtual Legos for adults. Basically, yeah much what it is and that's what makes it such a great creative tool is that it's well, well is so simple. actually right. actually the way i describe it first is virtual legos i don't say for adults i when they ask me what modded minecraft is that's where i throw in the for adults part. <laughs> yeah because yeah. mods make things so much more complicated like there is there is a mod sorry there is a mod about constructing a nuclear power plant and you've got to put all of the different mineral blocks in the right place so that it doesn't overheat and explode oh, and you've Part got to manage everything properly to get a whole crap ton of power <laughs> out of it yeah mods are fun i don't do much pc gaming these days but when i used to yeah. when i was a kid 
I used to love playing around with mods. Oh yeah, no Bethesda yeah. game is complete without at least a hundred mods. Yeah, I can't play Minecraft oh, yeah. without mods anymore. I straight up cannot play Minecraft without mods anymore. And I still can't so. play Minecraft. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, again, I appreciate I appreciate you coming out to the show. I think we're kind of think we might as well kind of wind down to help. Yeah, we are kind get of along here. <laughs> So I would say that no, but I really do appreciate you coming in last minute, kind of you know putting this thing together because we just didn't really have a show, but that we kind of made it work. So ah, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for for asking me to come along. Seriously, anytime, guys. Yeah, no, we're always open to kind of having we're kind of doing like a rotating guest thing with ryan and there's yeah. there, you know i'm always willing to add more people to that pool because it's just kind of nice to get some different different perspectives in here get you know yeah. just and we just like to have fun with it you know we don't like to take this too seriously it's just totally nice thing we can do every friday to kind of just you know just have some banter and talk about some accessibility stuff and uh i didn't know where are you guys you know, located I oh, we're all over the place. I'm in Virginia myself. Virginia. I'm in um, I'm in Spokane Valley, Washington. Okay. And I'm down in good old Austin, Texas. Wow, really all spread out. All right. Yeah. Yeah. What about yourself? Where are you located? I'm in St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, nice. So I'll, I'll be the the one in the middle for you all to we we all once COVID's done, we'll all come here. We'll all meet here. God, I cannot wait for that thing to be done. There you yeah. go. Same. Yeah, but um. Anyways, guys, in the chat, like, thank you so much for watching. Thanks for coming by, you know. Uh, I might not give as snappy of an exit as Ricky usually does, but, uh, you know. Um, I just appreciate everybody watching. Doc, thanks for coming out, like I said. And uh, I guess and that guys, is the news. Yeah, I guess that is the news. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Indeed. we're going we're gonna to wind it on out. So, everybody... Thank you so much. Uh, as always, you can uh, you can find uh, what is it? Blind Ryan one at Twitter, right? Is yep. that you? And yep, then that's me. Glitch Vision. What's the what's the number yeah, pattern? That's on Twitch. The numbers are for Twitch. You can just find my Twitter at Glitch Vision. Oh, numbers are oh one oh one on Twitch. Just because I couldn't get it without the numbers. Right. Okay. And then, irritating. Um, you better give it up to me soon. And then Doc, what's your what's your uh, what's your social media? Where where can people? So you can follow you? my channel uh, at Digital Doc Games, or you can follow uh, me personally as well at Digital Doc MD. Yeah, and uh, guys, I'm at um, at Wheelchair Gamer. Gamer spelled with a three instead of an e. Uh, feel free to uh, tweet at any of us, um, and I hope you guys got something out of this episode. Uh, thanks for watching, guys. We'll see you next time.